Welcome to the Cone Zone. That's the great Lowell Cone. I'm the regular Grant Cone. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Uh, the, the NFL owners meetings are in five days in Arizona. Jed York's going to talk. Kyle Shanahan's going to talk. They didn't talk at the Combine. It's an interesting opportunity opportunity to get some information about the team that we all cover and, uh, yeah, cover and watch. So, Dad, if you were there, what would you ask Jed and Kyle you had him one oh, if you had him first. in that group let's go jed first yeah jed uh, how anxious are you to win a super bowl are you content to go year by year not winning a super bowl how do you feel about that That's i would ask him one. that yeah. i mean um he's never won a super bowl the other the, yeah his uncle won five Right, and it seemed like during the Harbaugh era, Jed made it real clear he was not content just being, you know, in the running. He wanted to actually have a Super Bowl ring like his uncle. Five like his uncle. Yeah, five. He's on the quest for six, but he's, he's actually on the quest for one. Yeah. His uncle got to five. He's on the yeah. quest for one, and it seemed like he, he wanted to get that one, but now it seems like he's okay just being on the quest. He's enjoying right. the trip. <laughs> he's enjoying He's enjoying being a passenger. Yes. It's, it's a lot of fun. He gets hey. to meet the players. He gets to know the coaches. Yeah, probably on a first-name basis. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But I'd ask him, Jed, how content are you to be a runner-up? Yeah. To be a loser, yeah. um, a high-level loser. Um, do you, what urgency do you feel to win a Super Bowl, and what are you going to do about it? That's yeah. what I'd ask him. Now, I, would he answer me? Who cares? That's the question. Make him uncomfortable. It's, it would, it would yeah. create a tense situation. Yeah, he and I have had tense situations. A lot, too many uh, reporters are looking for questions that do not create tense situations. Like, what does this interviewee want to be asked? Who cares? That's the yeah. question. It's, what do the fans need to be answered? That's what I would ask him. Now, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle, you're a very good coach. You've never won at all. Uh, you had chances, but you haven't done it. What are you going to change? What are you going to change? You need to change? to change some things. Yes. Tell us three things you're going to change. Tell us one thing you're going to change. Tell us one thing. Start with freaking one thing. <laughs> Start with one thing. Um, yeah. That's what I would say. What one thing would you change? Iggy, would he answer the question? No, but I think he would get a great answer. It would get a great response because he would become defensive. He would become angry and yeah. he would lose his cool. So whatever, you know, whatever he had prepared with the PR director before, the PR director's calm. He would say, Kyle, they're going to ask you this. They're going to ask you this. I think this would be a nice diplomatic answer. Kyle would throw that out and go into, well, what would you do? And I will, you know better. And I'll, maybe I'll just, it's like, great. Yeah, let's do that. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So G those give me a petulant response. Give me a petulant response. I love it. Yeah. You know, in fact, my attitude in the old days was if I got a petulant or an aggressive response, I wasn't there to make friends. I was there to write good articles. So, Good columns. So if I got a petulant or an aggressive response, it made for a scene. Also, in, in yeah, writing. for me, now I, I videotape all my uh, interviews. So if I'm in a post-game press conference and Kyle Shannon gives me a snippy response, that just means that the video I post on YouTube is going to get five times the views. And that's for a player too. So I'm just there doing my job. If you have a problem with it and get my, you know, act unprofessionally, 
That makes me money. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, um, one time, you know, Harbaugh, I loved Harbaugh. He was, he was really he challenging. Was he was fun. So he was always yelling at the officials. So when one Tuesday, you know, uh, press conference, those were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, you're always yelling at the officials. Don't, don't you think that could have a bad influence on it? And he goes, so, Lowell, you're asking me to change my behavior? You, you really said that? that day? You're, yeah, he said, are you asking, asking me about me? my behavior? And you, you're like, I guess I am. You're like, I guess I am. And he was like, no, no. And that's what he said. He said, I'm not going to change my behavior. And I said, all right, great. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's not fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, was he was right honest. there. You want me but, to change my behavior? I love that. With Kyle and this Niners team, they've been on the brink of being the best team for four years. And it's like, people call Kyle a genius, right? It's like he has this invention, but he hasn't finished it yet. And it's like, man, this thing is going to revolutionize the world. This is, we're going to be able to teleport people across the country. It's just that it doesn't work yet. It doesn't work yet. And you've been telling people it's going to work for four years. So Kyle, what is the one thing you're going to change to make this invention work? And he's like, no, it does work. <laughs> oh, it's been bad luck. It's been bad luck. I got hurt. I hurt my back. It does work. No, Kyle, it doesn't work. That's my yeah, problem really. with him. Or the the players betray me. Yeah. Yeah. It's He always has an excuse for why his invention just isn't quite done yet. <laughs> right. Even right. though he's a genius. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, so, those are two of the questions I would ask. I, I have no ask. I, I think you got to ask about I – mean, you either have to ask about Trey Lance in, uh specifically or the quarterback position who is your starting quarterback kyle i asked him that at the post uh season press conference and he's like gee you know i haven't really even thought about that yet yeah i heard that it's been two months later man (laughs) who is your starting quarterback and how do you feel about trey lance i mean i understand you guys like brock purdy and he showed a lot but i thought trey lance was your guy and he got hurt did he lose his job because of injury what's going on i love that question how would he answer uh, you know, I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. And I just have one, you know, right now I just got Trey's healthy, Brock's not. We'll see what happens throughout the offseason. That's what he would say. He wouldn't commit to it. Oh, we'll just take it one day at a time. So you don't have a quarterback. Okay, great. I just want you to say that in, in so many words. So you don't, it's, 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 it's March 26th or whatever when he talks, and you don't have a starting quarterback. Cool. Say that. Would he say he hasn't thought about it or he couldn't get away with that again? He would say, oh, there's too many injuries, there's too many unknowns, it's too far away from now, we just got to get through this offseason and see what happens. Okay. okay. If he happened to say, I haven't thought about it, which <laughs> you hope that he would say, right, right, right. The, the follow-up question would be, what have you thought about? Right. What, I mean, ha, what have you thought about? Is there a God? What is the nature of the external reality? What have you been thinking about, Kyle? It's true. I would love to do that. So those are good ones. And, you know, I've been thinking, Kyle hasn't shown up to the Combine in a couple years. He hasn't shown up to the Combine since they drafted Trey Lance. Does he not want to have that press conference? Does he not want to answer those questions? Because I don't get it. He He needs to answer the questions. He doesn't like the media. Period. The reason he doesn't like the media is there are some people in the media, like you, who actually ask direct questions and expect clear concise direct answers and he resents that he has to answer questions he resents it yeah like who the hell are you to ask those questions right and i think jim harbaugh resented it to an extent but for whatever reason he allowed you and i to ask those questions he felt like we had passed some sort of test and kyle no one's ever passed that test for him 
right. It's true. Yeah. He's one yeah. of those teachers who always gives you a crummy grade, but you don't know why. Correct. Correct. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's cat says, who is, was, is slash was the biggest ladies man between you two? Take a look at our faces. No, the answer is my dad. My dad was a bachelor until he was 35 years old. My dad was a heartbreaker. I've been in a monogamous relationship since I was 21. Although before then, poof, watch out. <laughs> Nathan says, what are the chances Kyle gets let go if they don't win a Super Bowl this year with uh, this all-star roster? Man, I don't um, see J- Jed York having the courage to ever fire, no, I don't fire see, Kyle yeah, Shanahan. I, I almost feel like this is a lifelong – he has tenure. It's a lifelong position for Kyle. I think that, that um, Jed actually doesn't have the highest standards that his uncle did. His, I believe Kyle Shanahan, he's in year seven. I think he's got three more years on his contract. So that would put him through year nine. You said Bill Walsh had ten years with the team. I think it would be fair, a a very measured, and I mean, you would fire his ass now, but Jed won't. I think what Jed could do, if he doesn't have the courage to do that, just let the contract play out. If he wins a Super Bowl, extend him. If he doesn't, just let it expire. That'll be nine years, nine chances, no Super Bowls. Let him move on. Excuse me, let him move on. Uh, That sounds fine to me. I would probably be more precipitate than that. I I, I would have fired him after last season. And so would Eddie. So would have, so Eddie would have too. That's yeah. English. Okay. More. So last year at the owners' meetings, Jed York said, hey, you know, it's no problem to have Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance on the same team. It worked out with Joe Montana and Steve. And, you know, we could sit Trey Lance for two years. He said that when they drafted him. We could sit Trey Lance for two years. No rush. Well, they essentially did. Now it's year three, and he's coming off a very serious ankle injury. Um, it might be. Be the owner's business how the how the Niners use Trey Lance going forward. Do you think he has any say he cares at all? And do you think the Niners are going to have to be a little bit more prudent and judicious with how they use Trey Lance's legs? Okay. I'm not inside those meetings. My gut feeling is Jed has very little, chooses to have very little to say about it. That he, he has such confidence in Kyle Shanahan and all, all Kyle has accomplished, uh, he has the same kind of confidence in him that he had in Trent Balky. Yeah. Uh, what he does is he he yeah, holds on to these people for dear life. Like buoys. Life vests. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's drowning and he holds on to these people for dear life yeah. because he doesn't really know that much about football. Right, he's and not Al Davis. No, no. 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 Um, so... <sighs> No, so uh, yeah. I, he leaves it alone. Uh, I, I don't think he'll have that much. In, uh, he says things he shouldn't say to the media, but I don't think he has that much input. What would he say to Kyle? Um, Kyle, I wish you would use Trey Lance more, and then Kyle would give him some baloney while he was hurt, but he didn't let him assist him. You know what I mean? He'll talk he about this. it. He could say, look, Kyle, I've given Trey Lance $25 million. You've gotten him injured running twice. I want to see him play quarterback. I don't feel comfortable with you running him as much between the tackles early in the game. We got to find can can we compromise here? Is there a way that you could use him a little bit more judiciously and keep him on the field? I mean, I just want to say this happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL, and then I remember the, the the year he came back, they were in training camp, and the fans were there, and Kyle wanted to show off, so we called that play Philly special. It's the two point conversion play that the Eagles ran against the. Um, the Patriots in the Super Bowl where Nick Foles runs and catches the pass. Do you remember that? 
You may not remember. Anyway, it was a famous play, and Nick Foles caught the pass, scored a two-point conversion, they beat the Patriots. Anyway, uh, that year in training camp, they call that play for Jimmy Garoppolo, and he catches the ball, and the, the fans erupt. Jed York's watching, and he goes over to Kyle immediately and, and talks, and Matt Mayoko notices. We go to the post-practice press conference, and, and Maddie says, hey, I noticed Jed walked up to you after that Philly special play. What'd he say? And Kyle's uh, smiling. He says, yeah, he said, don't ever do that again. He said, you know, you got a quarterback with a, who just tore his ACL. He, you know, is coming off a surgically repaired knee. Don't ever do that again. And Kyle was like, he's smiling. He said, hey, you know, fair enough. I was just messing around. So I, Jed does care. And you're the owner. You're, you should freaking come in and say something. Like, this is your investment. So I don't know. I think it's at least fair for, Kyle, for Jed to have a, uh, a meeting with the guy and ask questions. What's the plan? Are you going to run him like that again, or are you going to try to protect him a little bit now that he's coming off this serious injury? Uh, let's say this. You and I both agree that he should talk to Kyle, and he should at least ask the kind of questions of Kyle that we would ask of Kyle. Yeah. He's yeah. the freaking owner. Well, he's not he's really the owner. owner, but he's the designated owner. Yes. He greenlit the whole Trey Lance project. It's like they never even did it, and it's... You know, it's, it's like a, a producer trying to ask a director, like, hey, are you ever going to make this movie or what's going on? I, I gave you $25 million. What's this? And I know he's worth billions. It's still $25 million. I mean, he's haggling with his with his neighbors. He's haggling with the with the with the, the, the youth soccer club. He cares about $25 million. I would. I don't know. Iggy, let me ask you a question. If you were Kyle Shanahan, how would you use Trey Lance? It's a great question. I would be much more careful with Trey Lance. I it's I would not use him as a runner more than two or three times. Maybe at first I wouldn't use him as a as a runner at all. He could scramble, that's fine. But in terms of the zone read, I would say don't keep the ball at least at first. Hand off because they don't need him running the ball. They have good running backs. He wasn't that productive as a runner. He got hurt a lot. Just be a decoy as a runner. And then we'll work from there. We'll give you one carry a game. And it'll be in the fourth quarter when we really need it by the goal line, not in the first quarter on second and eight. Just let him play quarterback before running him out of the organization because they really haven't let him play quarterback yet. They, let, they made him play running back. Iggy, I agree with you. Um, Trey Lance is either going to succeed or fail as a quarterback, not as a runner. And I want to go back to Steve Young. When Steve Young came to the Niners, he was an unfinished product. He was, and that's you call him a running back. He he was a running back, and he was a running back. Was they would have a play called, he would ignore the play. It would break down. He would run. Bob McKittrick, the um, offensive line coach, would go crazy. He was very angry. I mean, it wasn't personal. He liked Steve, but he didn't like Steve as a player, and he would tell me. We have a play called. I have my guys blocking. Now they don't know what to do because Steve's not doing the plays running all around. They don't know where he is. They don't know where he is. So what what happened was um, Bill had to say to him, you have to be a quarterback. You have to throw the ball. We don't want you to run. And then Steve heard it because he's a good guy and he's really bright. And he became one of the top ten quarterbacks who ever lived. So, and he could balance the use of his uh, leg, legs and his arm. Beautiful. Yes, but the arm came first. Of course. 
Absolutely. And that's what they have to do with Trey Lance. He's not a quarterback slash runner. He's a quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Every once in a while, he'll sneak in a run. Right, and, and they kept saying that they wanted to develop him as a quarterback. We're sitting him for a year to develop him the right way. Yeah, but you've gotten him injured as a running back, and those injuries have set back his development as a quarterback. So you don't even know what he can be because you haven't really developed the part. If you wanted a running back, a dual threat, that was Justin Fields. Justin Fields might be the best athlete in the NFL. He averaged seven yards a carry last year. He's crazy. That's the guy if you want to do that offense. Trey, the whole thing was, no, no, no. He's going to be under center. He's going to be a real quarterback. We're going to take our time. Well, do it now then because now he's probably going to be even slower than he was before. You do saw it now. Do it now. So these, these are the San Francisco 49ers. You have a, a throwing quarterback. This is, the, this is a legacy from John Brody and Joe Montana. These are the kind of quarterbacks you have around here. Yeah, and I think it's fair to point out that it's not like he's Colin Kaepernick. He's not a particularly good, great running quarterback. I mean, he's averaging four yards a carry on that zone read. He was reading it incorrectly. Like, he needs to develop as a runner in the NFL as well. So which one are you more uh, committed to developing, his running or his passing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I got one more question, quarterback question for you. First game of the season, wh whoever they're playing, who's the starting quarterback? I know, right? And we're going to go through their schedule and try to predict wins and losses. That's a pretty tough are, thing to do with this team. But who's the starting quarterback? I'm thinking Trey Lance. I'm, I'm thinking, thinking Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah. I mean, he would have to really get hurt or play awful in the preseason to um, not start week one. Because I don't think it's responsible to just say, hey, Brock, you had no offseason, go start week one. Or Sam Darnold, like, hey, man, uh, you've been on the team for six months, and we're really invested in Trey, but he sucks. So, Sam, why don't you go get him? Like, <laughs> It's got to be Trey, right? It's got to be Trey. But, uh, uh, it's interesting. It's got to be Trey. But there are so many questions about Trey. And I love we always talk about the Super Bowl window, the Super Bowl window. It's hard to have a Super Bowl window when you don't know who your quarterback is. It's kind of the most important. Wouldn't you say that quarterback – is the most important position in sports? Yeah. In sports, not in football, yeah. in sports. Yeah. And what's interesting is you're starting to see that the way that the NFL has changed their rules and they want scoring and they want more offense, you could argue that the number one most important position is quarterback. The number two most important position is offensive tackle, left and right. And the number three most important position is wide receiver. Offense, offense, offense. I mean... I'm just saying, or or a tight end who's a wide receiver like Travis Kelsey. You got to have all of those things. Got to, yeah. And it's not a quarterback who can run. All praise to Lamar Jackson. I I'm not wild about him because he's an average thrower. Uh, I I don't like an offense like that. Plus, he got hurt. Yeah, uh, I do think you have to have. I'll put it this way: the quarterback has to be able to use his legs in 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 the NFL today. You can't be a statue anymore, but it's that it's like, are you a runner first or a passer first? You got to be a passer first, but you also have to be a runner second. You have to have both, I think, I think. And that's why I never believed in Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got nothing with his legs, nothing. He just stands there, plants himself in the ground. He's got roots in his freaking feet. Roots, dad, roots. It's still amazing that the, the Raiders went for him and are paying him all that much money. And it really tells you all you need to know about the Raiders. Absolutely. 
Salim says, love you and your dad. Thanks for the great content, especially during the offseason. What happens if Trey goes crazy early, but then Kyle hurts him? You, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you'll be pretty pissed, and I guess we, we wouldn't really be surprised. It's kind of been Kyle's, I don't know. What dad, happens? What happens? What happens is I, then they put in another quarterback yeah. who'll go really well until he gets hurt. Kyle right. gets quarterbacks hurt. There are certain right. things he's, you can depend on with him. He's not going to win a Super Bowl, but he's going to come close, and he's yeah. going to get quarterbacks hurt and and not blame and running himself. backs and running and backs. Running backs, yeah. Poor Christian McCaffrey, man. They were giving him like twenty five touches a game down the stretch, and he was limping around the field doing his best. Now you got seventeen games of that, Christian. Ooh, I feel terrible for him. Yeah, you can't use running backs like that, especially little ones. Todd Labor says, "Hey guys, enjoy the chat about Trey. I'm learning how to play the saxophone while listening to you guys. First time my whole life. I'm learning how to play music. I'm 40. Give Trey a chance. Don't trade him. Go Niners." Hey, I gotta tell you, I love saxophones. I think I one too. of the greatest inventions of world culture is the saxophone. I do too. And I one of the it. nice things about like 1980s pop music, which I don't think you know about that much, that much uh, about that much, is there's often a saxophone solo. Like you, there'll be a, a, an electric guitar solo, but sometimes there's a saxophone solo. You don't hear that too much anymore. The saxophone solo. Springsteen had a saxophone guy. I'm saying, yeah, he knew. Front Row Justice says, Grant, why don't you argue back with Kyle after his snub responses like your pops used to do? Rather than complain on here that you didn't like an answer, maybe respectfully push back to get the answer you want. It's not like that. May, may I answer for you? Mm -hmm. When you're in the auditorium, you have to have the microphone. Mm -hmm. And because um, it's a big room. And yeah. when you ask your question, you, you have to surrender the microphone. When I was doing it, it was a much smaller press corps. It was in a little. It wasn't in an auditorium. It was in a little room, and you could shout. You 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 could shout it out. Am I misrepresenting it, Iggy? Sometimes it's in a smaller room, but I, the way I look at it is like it's not my job to like argue with Kyle. If he gives me an answer that I disagree with, like I don't have to. I'm not supposed to sit there and be like, well, I, you're wrong. Like that's when I write. That's when I get to talk. And I I never saw you argue with Jim Harbaugh or coaches at at. You I might tell him, hey, you know. I, Okay. I did argue with Chip Kelly because I had such little respect for him. Fair enough. When he but let that was, I mean, take over that's the true. team. That's true. But that was you weren't arguing about football. You were arguing about, you know, team how, to, how to comport yourself as a how to comport. That was different. And that was something you okay. felt like actually we're on the same level here. But yeah. for me to ask a football question and Kyle to give an answer, I disagree with him and be like, oh, I disagree with you. Like, I just don't yeah, think you do that. I think it's unprofessional. Yeah. Um, also, wastes everyone waste everyone time. Like it's not about me and him. It's other people want questions too. Watch Steve's runs. Watching Steve's runs still amazed me. What a quarterback! No zone read for him. It was all scrambles. I always feel like Trey's a very dangerous scrambler. Scrambler, much more than the zone read stuff. You know, Iggy. Sometimes I would see Steve Young walking around the facility in shorts, and you saw him that time when you were a little kid. Did you see those legs? He had legs he was like a linebacker. Like a linebacker. Like a running back. Like a running back. Like he was a built back. like a running back. 6'2", yeah. 220. Yeah. He's like Jalen Hurts. He was with Steve Young in his prime was like Jalen Hurts, maybe yeah. a little bit taller. Brock Purdy? Have you seen Brock? I mean, Brock Purdy's a little fella. When, when he tries they try to do those uh, quarterback sneaks with Brock Purdy, it's like he's getting thrown around by waves in the in the Pacific Ocean. It's like, hold on, Brock! I want to say something. <laughs> Uh, about superstars, yes, and, and it applies to superstars in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. um, there are two clear, 
well, Joe Montana was a superstar, but he was shy. Steve was a superstar, and Stephen Curry is a superstar. I don't think we could argue about either one. Both of them are so approachable. I, I'm yeah. going to use the ultimate praise. They are so normal. Steve yeah. and Stefan are so normal. And I, it, it made my heart glad that these were the superstars we had. Can you imagine having a deal with LeBron James? It'd be tough. Um, It'd be tough. I, you think you could walk up to him like Stephen Curry and say, you got a minute, let's sit. I, I, I don't think it happens like that over there. Stephen Curry is the and Steve Young. The both the most normal people and set the tone for a team. I actually think ten years ago when LeBron was on the Heat, he came to the Bay and he had a huge scrum around him. You pushed your way to the front and you said, "LeBron, how's it feel to be a villain now?" And he loved the question and he gave you a really long answer. I think actually you and LeBron would have done pretty well. LeBron's a little bit like Steph, where he's he's just really well trained and polished with the media. I think Steph is not necessarily as normal as he seems. <laughs> Interesting. Steph is one of the greatest athletes of all time. To push yourself to that level of excellence, you got to be so dedicated to yourself. I think he's a lot like Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady was just a guy, an aw shucks guy, and then he he went on this 20-year run to be the greatest athlete of all time. So you think Steph's getting done? Like Steph's 35. He's about my age. He could go another 10 years. I think he probably wants to be the greatest athlete of all time, and he's not even – he's still on a mission. So I don't know. Okay. Steph's very interesting, but he—you could always work with him. Definitely, you could always work with him. He's very. Oh God, he was a pleasure. Yes, but I would think that Clay Thompson's a little bit more down to earth. Clay Thompson is completely down to earth. <laughs> He's he, Clay Thompson. Yeah, and his whole family—it's a lovely family. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's predict wins and losses for the 49ers. The 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 order of the schedule hasn't come out yet, and that'll matter. And the, the, the draft will matter too. But right now, I think it's fun to to see how many wins we think the Niners are in line to pick up. Okay, Iggy, will you take a a pencil and a piece of paper and keep track of what we're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hold on. Would you be the corresponding secretary? Corresponding. Corresponding secretary. All right, (laughs) should we go through the home games first? Okay. All right, so let's start with the divisional home games. Win, loss. Okay. Arizona Cardinals. Win. Win. Rams. Home win. Home win. Seahawks. Win. Okay. That's three that's three right there. I agree with that. Now. Dallas. At home? Yeah. Ooh. I'm gonna say a loss. Yeah, that was a really close game in the playoffs right there. That was a close I'm gonna one. say a loss. I like that. I think I'll go with a loss there. Uh, the New York Giants. They're a good team. I'm going to say a win. Yeah, I, I agree with you. They're a good team, but I don't think they have enough firepower to beat the Niners. Uh, four and one, Baltimore Ravens. Are they going to have Lamar Jackson? <laughs> Are the Niners going to have Brock Purdy? I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's let's assume yes. They have. Let's assume they have Lamar Jackson. That's tough. It's tough. I'm going to call it a loss. I'm going to call it a loss, too. I mean, I know you, Lamar isn't your favorite quarterback, but we got to acknowledge that, that that's the kind of quarterback that gives the Niners problems. Yeah. Because the Niners' pass rush gives actually, doesn't care at all about keeping the quarterback in the uh, pocket. So, okay, 4-2, and two, Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. Oh, I'm going to call that a loss. I think it's a loss, too. That's a really good team with a good offensive line. Tampa. 
win. Absolutely. Okay, five and three at home. Let's go on the road. Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Are they even in the league? Dad, can I tell you something? If it was soccer, they'd be demoted. They would be demoted. Can I tell you something really funny? So they remember in the in the Super Bowl how the Chiefs not once but twice got that like wide open guy in for a touchdown near the goal line. Remember on that because they found yeah. like the the flaw in the defense. So that defensive coordinator is now the head coach of the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's a that's a win. Okay, Arizona Rams <sighs> loss. Wow, I would call that a win. Okay, I don't even know who's on the Rams anymore. Let's call that a, let's, a win. Okay, I'll oh, go we, with you. We, 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 we could be different. We could be different. We could be different. You, you no, call no, that no. a loss. I want to go with you. I want to go with you. I, I want to keep right. it simple. All right. I'm thinking you that's a win. You convinced me. The Rams freaking stink, and that's a home game for the Niners down in L.A. I've been there Good. a few times. They have no fans. No, no I lost Seattle. my mind for a minute. You lost your focus. Seattle on, on the no, road. They're going to beat Seattle. I don't, I don't like the quarterback. I, I, the coach um, yeah. is limited now. That's a win. Gino's not going to beat the Niners. I agree. That's another. That's another win. So, we're talking six and zero in the division again. Um, Philly on the road. That's a loss. That's a loss. Uh, Washington Commanders on the road. A win. That's a win. Um, Cleveland Browns on the road. I know they got that quarterback right. Yeah. Uh, that's a win for the Niners. I think that's a win too. I think that's a win. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. Um, you know what? Every year you hear the Pittsburgh's going to turn the corner and they're going to be good, and they don't. I, no, I'm with you on that. That's a I, win. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Uh, Vikings on the road. That's interesting. You know what? That quarterback's going to find I, a way to lose. I that agree. Quarterback is freaking find Kirk a way. Cousin. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. That's a win. Uh, Jacksonville. That's a win on the road. Yeah. Okay. That's that's one. They got Trevor Lawrence. That guy's good. He's uh, I don't know, but okay. If they win that game, we got him at thirteen wins. If they lose, we so we either got him at twelve or thirteen wins at this point. I because you you okay. You had him yeah. losing a game. I had him winning. I had him winning a game. So let's we 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 both have him at what? Your we have him at twelve wins. We have him 12, at twelve and twelve, 12 and five. five. 12 and 5. Okay, so let's say this. Boy, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, here's what I think. They're going to lose a game we didn't figure, but they're going to win yeah. a game we didn't figure. Yeah. So th- this is a 12 or a 13 win team, yeah. which is very good. Just like it's last not year. a 14 win team. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. It's not an 11 win team. It's a 12 or a 13 win team. That's a hell of a good season. And I look. I, I don't. We don't even know what these rosters are going to be until September. But I'm looking as because I got to do these trips. I'm looking at these trips. There's a lot of six hour flights on here. A lot of six hour flights on here. And it's, I'm already tired looking at it. Philly. I bet you they ask the league, can we please do Philly and Pittsburgh back to back so we can stay somewhere in, in Pennsylvania and not do that trip twice? Okay. But the Jacksonville trip that's far, and it's possible that's going to get turned into a London game. It's possible. So just a lot of travel. It, it, last year they didn't have. To, I did it. You didn't have to go very far very much. It was like Mexico City, Denver, Seattle. So, just saying. 12 and so 5. You, you might end up going to London. Might end up going to London. How about that? You know, one of the things about London is they speak English over there. It's nice. 
I was so surprised in Mexico that they didn't speak English. And I'm like, wow, I'm such a stupid gringo. Of course. I'm like, oh, everyone's going to speak English. Like, no one. And they look at me like, what are you doing? This is Mexico. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, of course. Right. So, yeah, I can see that. You know, uh, I was a student in London, as you know. And when I was at Stanford, I spent some time in London. And I was supposed to be studying at the British Museum. But all I know is they used to have fights at the Albert Hall, the Royal Albert Hall. It's a symphony center. And I used to watch. I used to go to the fights. That was my enrichment when I was there. I saw this heavyweight, Joe Bugner, who was pretty good. He became like a top 10. But he got his ass kicked. when You know, all British heavyweights, except for Lennox Lewis, get their ass kicked when they come to the United States, but I became pretty up on my British heavyweights while I was there. Why is that a true? Why do uh, British boxers just not have what it takes? Because they don't have what it takes. I don't know why. <laughs> they don't, it's not tough like takes. us. Yeah. Period. Josh Wyatt says, if Lance does, does get the nod, how many games can he lose before he loses the locker room? Can any young quarterback realistically succeed with a leash that short? Hold on. He's mm-hmm. already lost the locker room. Good point. He already Iggy. lost it. He already lost locker, the locker room. room. He yeah. has to gain the locker room. Right. So he needs to win, and he, and he needs to win. That's it. Because yeah. the thing is, Brock won right away. Jimmy won right away. It's clearly what this team wants. They're not gonna. They're not willing to wait two no. weeks for a quarterback. No. And that's how they feel. All right. So we both agree the Niners are going to win twelve or thirteen games this season, but that's regular season. They did that last year. The question: Are they? legitimate Super Bowl contenders or are they fool's gold? Are, are they pretenders, Dad? You know, I want to have a, de- a definite answer to that and I feel people want an answer. I need to say some things. They're a hell of a team. Hell of a team. I have tremendous doubts about the, uh, the, the head coach. Having said that, he gets them close. Mm-hmm. If they have an established quarterback who's healthy. And I'm going to say Mr. X because it could be one of three guys. If Mr. X can win a lot of games in a row and if he's healthy, yes, this is a Super Bowl contender, maybe even a winner. But I have to say I don't have any confidence in Kyle Shanahan. I feel he's the kind of guy, if you would look at football as a tragic world, And it's not really. It's just a game, although it is tragic for certain players. They get hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you look at it, then Kyle is a tragic hero, a tragic protagonist. He's like Hamlet or Oedipus the king. He always makes the mistake that ruins him. He Mm -hmm. ruins himself. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, I've never encountered a top-level coach who was this self-destructive. Um, with all the best intentions, who was this? Or he's Lord Jim. He's a tragic character in in this world of football. So, do, can the team win the Super Bowl if they have a quarterback? They sure have the defense. If they have the right side of the um, offensive line, now that's two. That's two big questions. And and the coach. So I'm saying they could do it, but I'm not hopeful. All right, what you're saying is if they have the quarterback and if they can keep him healthy. Well, what have they shown the last seven years? They can't keep yeah. any quarterback healthy. And, you know, we don't know if, if they have the guy on. It might, not, it might not be Brock, Trey, or Sam Darnold. Um, and I feel like if you look at Kyle and his dad since, I mean, their reputation is all built on the backs of Steve Young and John Elway. Mm-hmm. Mike won, 
And so he he's validated. Their whole scheme is valid. It it works. It can lead to a championship. Yeah, if you have John Elway or Steve Young. Ever since Elway retired, Mike and Kyle have gone through 25, 30 quarterbacks who were either mediocre or talented and then got injured. So the question with them is, until they get a quarterback that's great, that's you know prolific, you don't run the ball to win a Super Bowl anymore like you did in 98 with Terrell Davis. You throw to win a Super Bowl. Until they find that quarterback and they can give them an offensive line to match, they're pretenders. I don't care how far they make it. If they make it to the NFC Championship game seven times in a row, you're never going to win a Super Bowl with the revolving door quarterbacks and a, a bunch of you know mediocre offensive linemen. It's not going to happen. The last four quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl through for 40 touchdown passes in the season. The Niners don't, they're not built like that. They're trying to win with defense, Dad. Pretenders. Iggy, could they win with Josh Allen? Yes! Absolutely. If you gave, well, well, until he got hurt, until the Niners got until him hurt, right? Got hurt. And that's the thing. It's two things. It's not just find the quarterback. It's find the quarterback and give him an offensive line. And it, their whole thing, the Shanahan's, has been, let's go cheap on the offensive line. I don't need a big offensive line. I can get I can get guys in the sixth round who are small, who can execute my zone blocking scheme. That's how they've been since the 90s. They're not going to change, which is why I think they're always going to be. And if, if they're in the NFC Championship game, you call them contenders, right? Oh, well, they were in the, the final four. Yeah, but they're never going to seal the deal because look who the quarterback is. Look who the quarterback is. Now, if Kyle could leave the Niners and go somewhere and inherit the next John Elway, he just might win a Super Bowl. But if he's picking his own quarterbacks, this is what's going to be. Right, he's really shown very little ability to pick quarterbacks. He traded up in the third round for C.J. Beathard. I, don't th- I think that's all you need to know. <laughs> he, he really traded up, up in round three. He passed yeah. on Mahomes, right? But Mahomes, Mahomes, he's not that good. Nah, he's not like nah. the greatest quarterback of his generation or anything. <laughs> You'd think a genius would see that. I think Bill Walsh would have seen it. But but Mahomes just didn't fit his system, so he can't Right, that's what we always come back to as system coach. It's like, does he fit my system, or is this one hell of an athlete? How can I adjust my system for him? Yeah, I, th- I thought you're trying to put the best athletes on the field. It's a sport. You're not trying to put, like, the best students on the field. You don't take a test on Friday and, and the, the 11 players who got the highest score on your offense get to play. Like, you need to get your best athletes on the field. If your system is too complicated, pare it down. I heard a quote from um, uh, Sid Gilman. He said in the 70s, football's a relatively simple sport. Leave it to a bunch of coaches to complicate the shit out of it. Sid Gilman. Okay. People may not know who Sid Gilman is. Google him. Um, uh, because, you know, he's, he's really from another generation or two generations ago. Jewish guy brought up in Minneapolis. His parents had a movie theater. Yeah. It's such a wonderful story. Yeah. And there's a friend of ours who may be listening out who's going to love this. Yeah. Um, he was interested in football, and he yeah. figured out because his parents – parents ran a, ran a movie theater he could tape the players and splice tape together he had a, a he had learned to do that in the movie theater he invented he had a noodle a he jew inve- a jew <laughs> he invented film analysis can uh-huh. you imagine that they didn't have it before imagine? sid nope. gilman yeah. and he, here's the thing bill walsh never ever praised coaches because right. he was competitive and insecure right except for Sid now yeah. one reason he could 
Sid was a little before him, so they weren't in competition. But he said to me, Sid Gilman Lowell is Star Wars compared to every other coach, meaning his ideas of offense were off the chart. And I can tell you, both Bill and Al Davis were protégés of uh, Sid Gilman. So that's who Sid Gilman. Give us the quote again. Football's a relatively simple sport. Leave it to a bunch of coaches to complicate the shit out of it. <laughs> and God, it's, I love like, you. W- w- when you make your offense that complicated, you're not doing it for the benefit of the athletes. You're doing it for the benefit of your ego. Look at how, what a genius I am. I have the biggest freaking playbook. It's so dense. It's got an answer for everything. But it takes my players three years, three years to get on the field. Nice. Al Davis would say, make it simpler. Get my throw get these the, athletes on the throw field. Throw the ball deep. Throw the ball yeah. deep. Tyler says, Grant, I just wanted to say you and your dad are fantastic at your jobs. Thanks. Thank my dad's retired. Tyler. He just does this I, fun. I don't, I don't have a job. <laughs> Josh Wyatt says, if Lance lost the locker room and has too short of a leash to realistically succeed, why not trade him for a tackle? What's the upside in keeping him? He may be a great quarterback. Yeah. And they're going to get the other two hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's just that. Like, the Niners can't judge their own quarterbacks. They didn't know Brock was good. He was right. third-string quarterback, and then he played, and they were like, wow, bust my buttons. He's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they may have the same realization with uh, Trey Lance at some point. Dad, you got a very interesting email this week. It was so good. We want to read from it. Let's go. I do. I want you to know it's from one of our viewers, and he goes, his pen name is Plebe Montaigne. Montaigne was a very famous essayist. So it's a long letter. And by the way, it's in criticism of Kyle. And it compares him as a leader to Dwight Eisenhower. And as you know, aside from being president, he ran D-Day when we invaded Normandy and France and then kicked the shit out of the Germans. and won. Yeah, we kicked the shit out of them. We did. And then right. won uh, you know, that part of World War II. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read significant stuff because I find this letter so bright. Yeah. Um, and thank you, Plebe. So yeah. he's talking about Eisenhower, Ike, and, and Kyle. Quote, A coach must be a leader and a teacher. As a soldier, it, it is hard not to break out of the paradigm of thinking in terms of past military leaders One stuck in my mind while I studied international relations at the London School of Economics before I enlisted. Dwight Eisenhower, the last U.S. general to win a war. Remember that, guys. Um, I read Ethical Realism, which portrayed a humble, responsible, articulate leader. Kyle possesses many positives, but he does not have these traits. He never will. Therefore, a Super Bowl is outside his future. I want to read the adjectives again. Humble, responsible, articulate. Iggy, he doesn't have any of that. Um. 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 (laughs) He talks about communication. Um, Eisenhower's um, Operation Overlord, i.e. D-Day invasion, was the most ambitious amphibious assault in history, but he ensured it was simple. Simple. You were just talking about the big playbook. Ike, when we were trying to win World War II, made it simple. His simple, concise, and inclusive plans clearly stated his intent 
and allowed subordinate commands, freedom of maneuver, and command based on battlefield developments. During the operation... Not a micromanager. Not a micromanager. I love it. Thank you, Iggy. Uh, during the operation, Eisenhower guided subordinate commanders but allowed them to exercise initiative aggressively. D-Day's success had many factors and heroes, but communication can't be understated. Kyle won't even let a quarterback audible. In yeah. late tight games, the essential resource is time. The quarterback mm. needing to over-communicate complicated preparatory commands negates the execution command. Real quick, in the Super Bowl with, with the Falcons, uh, they g gave up a 25-point lead. Matt Ryan's been like, you know what? I wanted to call my own plays, but one, I can't. And two, Kyle's taking forever to give me his plays. Just want to say that. Right. Go ahead. Unlike Eisenhower. Like, Unlike let's Eisenhower. Let's make it fast and let's make it simple. Uh -huh. um, okay. Um, time and simplicity are the trade-offs for all the possible mismatches in his pre-snap motions. When mm -hmm. things go wrong, the offense cannot improvise. It's true. Then he has a category called humility. The press conference at the season's end made me dread the following season. Yeah. Post-NFC championship, I understand a bit of defensiveness. What is unacceptable is the total defiance and blame on everyone but himself a week, la a week later. A That's week right. later. Yeah. Um, by the way, and he said that um, Eisenhower always took the blame. He never put it on anyone else. Right. And then the last category is responsibility. Ike knew the cost of war. He understood human beings are the ultimate resource. Ike constantly exercised prudence and compassion during his battlefield command. Any time a soldier died, he demanded to write or at least sign letters of condolence to widows and families. His knowledge of his craft is unimpeachable because he also understood the chessboard's 3D nature to include the human consequence. Does I.e. it's not a game. It's not Madden. It's not a game. It's not risk. These are real people. That's exactly it's what... It's not what, a game. Yeah. What Plebe is saying. Yeah. And then he says, does Kyle Couple practice with theory? Is this a Madden game to him? So you anticipated that, Iggy. I mean, how many times a game does he give the ball to Christian McCaffrey like nothing bad's going to happen? Man, come on. What are you talking about? And, and then when dudes, guys do get hurt, what does he say? It's football. It's football. That's football. Yeah. yeah. It's like I could have said that's war. That's, that's war. Sorry, that's bud. That's war. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what you signed up for. Does Kyle design his plays with his players' welfare in mind? No. His response to Purdy's uh responsibility for the fateful play in Philly is quite revealing. Yep. While Kyle weirdly has friends on the team, the Cabo clique, how many would follow him in the ultimate moment? His lack of humility, self-responsibility, and difficult communication with others negate this possibility. Anyway, I, I, I find that one of the most intriguing letters, thank you, plebe, is one of the most intriguing letters I ever got. I know many of you will dis will disagree with it. Fair enough. I mean, come mm -hmm. on. I, uh, fair enough. But I wanted you to hear someone who studied military theory, who was in the armed forces, and as Iggy pointed out to me earlier today, football's a war game. Yeah, it is. That's what they're all sort of mimicking, that so type of preparation, that type of culture, that type of uh, chain of command. 
And Kyle is at the top of the chain of command, and he is not a general at heart. I don't know what you would call him, but he's just not a general at heart. He's not. You know who he is? He's the general sidekick. Yeah, general sidekick. Great sidekick, but needs to be overruled many times per battle. Lowell is a book of knowledge. Great story. Great story. Yes, he is. Uh, Palo says, how did Casey not get their quarterback sacked in the Super Bowl? Well, they have a killer offensive line. And their coach actually prioritizes protecting his quarterback. And the quarterback is an all-time great. Those three. Great game plan, great offensive line, great quarterback. Okay, moving on. So, you always tell me about Bob McKittrick as sort of like the unsung hero of the 49ers dynasty. He wasn't a coordinator, but he was such an he was the most important position coach on the offensive line that he was utterly indispensable to the 49ers. And it seems like maybe the new Bob McKittrick on this team would be the defensive line coach, Chris Kaserik. You've seen him. You're intrigued by him. Yes. Uh, Iggy and I talk about the show in the morning before we see you guys. And we were trying to figure out our topics. And I, I had read an article by Eric Branch this morning in the Chronicle, an article I liked a lot. And Eric talked a lot about Chris Kaserik. And I realized... I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about him. Of course, I don't go down there anymore. I've never met him. So I asked Iggy, do you respect him as a coach? Yes. And what's he like as a guy? And I asked Iggy, does he strike you as the Bob McKittrick, the unsung hero? And he said, yes. So I asked Iggy if maybe he could say, what is good about Kosirik as a coach? And what is he like as a guy? So, I mean, it's the off season. So we can do sort of in-depth personal analysis. Well, the Niners want to build to their defense, and they specifically want to build through their defensive line. So he's the position coach that's been entrusted with the most important position to the coaches. And he consistently makes it the engine of the team. Like without that defensive line being good against the run in the pass, the defense wouldn't be what it is. The team wouldn't be what it is. So he uses like a kind of a gimmicky front. It's called a wide nine. He takes four guys and moves them way far apart. And the idea is we're coming to sack the quarterback. We don't care what you're doing, running, whatever. Uh, we're going to sack the quarterback, and you're welcome to run the ball as much as you. We got really good linebackers too. And he, in the past, it, it, teams haven't had success with it because you're so vulnerable against the run, but the Niners have been dominant with it against the run and pass, and it's their identity of their team. Like He, he really is the identity of their team. And uh, I, I think when they brought in Steve Wilkes, they were also interviewing Vic Fangio, and I think the, the thing was, you got to work with Kaserik. You have to work with him, and Fangio runs sort of a 3-4. It doesn't really fit the wide nine, and I don't think he wanted to make concessions for Kaserik's sake, state, uh, sake, so he's gone, and Wilkes is here, and, and with a compromise, work with Kaserik. And you know what? He's a great D-line coach, so it's probably not that bad of a compromise to make. Okay, have you ever met him? Yes. Under what circumstances? Once a year, the Niners bring out their position coaches to talk to the media. Once or twice a year. It's usually during training camp. So I like to go over and, him and, talk, and talk to him because he's very candid about all the players he coaches, and he'll talk about himself. He's plain spoken. He's not one of these guys who is thinking three steps ahead, like, what should I not say? What's a good answer? He's just plain spoken. And that's a good place to start with a football coach or player. 
Iggy, what does he look like? He's tall. He looks like he used to be a D end. He looks like a defensive end. And uh, he's not ambitious in the sense where he's not trying to become a defensive coordinator or head coach. He's not being political. He's the best D-line coach. He makes a bunch of money. He's happy with his life. He wants to just keep doing what he's doing. And what, one thing he's really good at is like just little tiny details, not the big picture. Like he gets defensive linemen to react quicker to the snap. That's a big thing with him. It's like you'll be better if you just react quicker to the snap. So you see him in practice. He's just he gets his face. D lineman is in a three point stance, right? And their face is almost on the ground, right? When they're lined up, Casera gets his face right next to him. And when the ball gets snapped, he just yells like ah! Ah! like over and over and over again. Like that. He's he's great at that. He gets people to you know these athletes to be their most athletic selves. But that's, I mean, he's not like talking poetry there. He's just yelling. It's very interesting. I love it. And now I want to come back to McKittrick. McKittrick had very good offensive lines, but not necessarily the highest draft choices. Um, Kosirik does have high draft choices, and he does have elite players, but not all of them. Some of them are guys that he's developed. So in that regard, he's like McKittrick too, in that he can take, let's say, a C-plus, B-minus player and elevate him to be really good. And he's done it again and again and again. He has, absolutely. You some of the names, right? Yeah, I mean, Arden Key, Charles Amenehue, Samson Ebukam, Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead was not having much of a career until Chris Kassarek came over here. Now Eric Armstead's got generational wealth, and he's one of the better impact players at his position in the league when healthy. That's another one. Um, now, he couldn't do it with Javon Kinlaw, but that wasn't his fault. Kinlaw had an injury. And I think that's why they drafted Kinlaw. They're like, well, give him to Chris Kassarek. He'll be fine. It just didn't work out because of injuries, but that's not Kassarek. That's not out of his control. And it's out of uh, Kinlaw's control, too. It's out of Kinlaw's hard. control, too. Yeah, absolutely. He did. I have one other thing I want. I don't know if I've ever told you. You know that... Uh, McKittrick was so important to those Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. McKittrick and Bill Walsh didn't like each other. I would even go so far as to say they disliked each other. They, uh, Bill was very um, not direct. He was mm-hmm. always talking in code. Mm-hmm. And um, McKittrick was the most blunt person. So, mm-hmm. for example, Bill told me, and it's in a book I wrote, that – this is a paraphrase because I haven't read the book in like decades. Um, Bob thinks that just being honest, saying whatever he wants to say is good. Sometimes you need to um, re- rein yourself in to restrain yourself. And Bob doesn't know how to do that. In other words, Bob used to piss Bill off because he, he didn't agree with him sometimes. He had his own opinion and he, or he disagreed he with him. Say it. And he would say it and Bill didn't like it. Um, now, Maybe Bob did need to work on his social technique. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't in the coaches' meetings. But that's how Bill perceived him. I'm going to tell you what McKittrick said about Bill. Sometimes when a practice was over, they'd all run off the field. And McKittrick would say to some of the coaches, look, he runs like a, a, like a girl. Now, it's fine to run like a girl. I'm not putting down anybody. There's a lot of girls when I was a runner who could kick my ass. All I'm saying is what McKittrick said. And what he meant was he's not quite masculine. He's not as tough. Yeah, like like he's a football coach, but I'm a football coach. And this is, yeah. And I'm an ex-Marine. I'm I'm an an ex-Marine. And And I think it was funny. 
what's funny is like most guys wouldn't have he must have known he was so essential to bill walsh that he could disagree with him he could make fun of him he could talk behind his back like, what's he gonna do he his whole operation would fall apart without me so go ahead right. bill right he was a lifer there and bill he probably was. resented that he couldn't do it without him absolutely and it, a couple of other things the, the bill was the passing game the running game was bob Mm-hmm. And when they would go, and I've said this before, you know, they have that blackboard, grease board, where they, where they diagram plays. And that, that's what they're doing all day long. They're diagramming plays. Mm-hmm. In front of the team, certainly Bill would get up. The only other offensive coach allowed to get up before the team was McKittrick. Not Holmgren, wow. not anybody else, McKittrick. Wow. Not Holmgren, not Weish, just McKittrick. That's crazy. Yep. Well... I don't know that Chris Kacarek has that type of voice in, in, in the meeting room because D-line is different than O-line, I, but he is that important. I bet you he makes a lot of money. I bet you he makes millions of dollars a year to, to, to yell in defensive line's face, faces. That story you told, Iggy, about him yelling when the ball is snapped Every day. is so telling. And, yeah. it, and he's right down there with them. And a player appreciates that, right? Yes, absolutely. He's down and yes. dirty like us. Absolutely. Every single rep. And the same intensity for every single player. Nick Bosa or the last guy. And I think that's what people respect about him. Like He's not just giving his... He can develop D-linemen, but he's not just spending all his energy on the important ones. He gives an equal amount of that incredible intense energy to every single defensive lineman on the team. And he gets guys paid. He, get, he, he creates careers for players who are either nobodies or busts. I love it. So a lot of people I'm- really, really appreciate him. I'm glad we did that. And, you know, maybe next week, if there's not a lot going on, we'll focus on another coach. Their offensive line coach is really interesting, too. We could talk about him, Chris Forrest. I would love it. Yeah. Tyler says, I was in the Army. I agree completely. The best leaders show they are great followers. Kyle never was a great follower, in my opinion. The worst leaders do not listen as well. That is all Kyle. Interesting. It's interesting. The Niners have this football savant who grew up around the sport, probably knew X's and O's before he knew grammar. But he's so not a leader. And I don't think you can learn those traits at 44 years old. Frankie says, offensive head coaches who win in the NFL are few and the fewer who have won on multiple teams. We are trading elite leadership for an O scheme. What wins in the NFL these days, top-notch offenses with great quarterbacks. Yeah, not great schemes. I mean, I I, I know Andy Reid has a dazzling scheme. Philly does not. Philly's a very simple offense, but... They have a quarterback, an offensive line, and some skill. And look at them. They put up 35 in the, play, in the, in the Super Bowl. The Niners put up 20 with that scheme. Scheme. That's the word of the day, Dad. Our show's over. I thought it was a good one. I, I, it's the high point of my week, guy. Me too. Me too, Dad. Uh, so why don't we, why don't I give you a call? And we'll talk about but, it. Iggy, remember, I only got one phone number now. I, oh! I cut out. So you have to call amazing. me on... Uh, yeah, it's an I'm end trying, of an era. Well, I want to tell you what happened, guys. I'm tr- I I got my uh, bill for you know the internet and the, the Wi-Fi and the TV. It was like three hundred and five dollars, and I didn't even watch that much TV. So I it's called true. them up, and I, I got a significant reductions. And one of them was I I had two landlines and one. Um, cell phone we don't get that good cell phone up here in the hills but i got rid of one landline and that saved me some money so you'll call on the main number okay real quick before we go josh knudsen who i know very well has been putting in a bunch of uh um 
super not super chats, but chats asking if you watch South Park. <laughs> me? Yeah, you. No. But you took me to see the South Park movie when I was in fifth grade. You instantly regretted it. Remember that? I, I Mark Haight and I took you, right? It, I was like was, 11. What, was that the time we were in San Francisco and you ran up on the stage of the movie theater? No, you, that was when we were, that I was to my, I was not 11. I was like three. We were watching uh, Ninja Turtles. Ninja, I was, we, Ninja Turtles. We took him to San Francisco, my friend Mark and I, and all of a sudden, Iggy wasn't in the auditorium next to us. And Mark said, look at him. <laughs> he was on the stage. And I mean, the movie was going on. And, do you remember doing that? No. I think I was three. I got a little excited. I started. Was I doing karate on the stage? Yes. I was doing karate on the stage. How could I not? I mean, it was it was a very exciting movie, Ninja Turtles. Sorry. So I had you to take me out, right? I didn't get to make it to the end of the movie. I got ejected and arrested. Josh Wyatt, Josh Wyatt says, how would Walsh handle Marate essentially being a shadow GM? If we got rid of Kyle, would a great leader ever put up with the ownership? You know, that's interesting. I think... Probably Bill and Parag did overlap for a few years on the 49ers. I think there's probably an answer out there. Yeah, I'm thinking I, Bill wouldn't want Parag to tell him who to take or who to pay. Uh, I, I would think that Parag has a big ego, but it's, it, it's, it's a shrimp compared to Bill's. I think Bill would have found a way to neutralize Parag. I would think so. Um, Plebe Montaigne, who wrote into you that beautiful – uh, essay about Kyle's leadership says thought of Kyle's autobio title inspired from yesterday's show with Ryan ego and hubris is already taken the NFL's Moses my failure to reach the holy land is there a Joshua on staff <laughs> I always felt that Moses got a raw deal he did he got a Moses it, talk about a tragic hero and there's yeah. no real reason I mean this there's no real reason God wouldn't let him in that's what I, I always go back to the treatment of Moses and David like, God loved David, who was, what, I mean, he murdered Bathsheba's husband, right? Or whatever that guy. Yeah, he put it, he essentially, yeah. I mean, he was a hero as a young man, but he did awful things. And God was like, that's my guy. That's my guy, <laughs> King David. Moses, like, also was a freaking hero and, like, lost his temper at 80 years old at the end of a very, very long journey. And God, God was like, how dare you freaking talk to me like that? <laughs> I don't get that. I don't no, understand I don't that. either. I think Moses was a better guy than David. I do. I think so. He never stole anyone else's wife and had the guy killed in battle. Like that was harsh. Yeah. He put him what about the that front guy? Line. Front yeah. line. How does your dad see Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia? I'm sure you're not going to watch that boxing match. Have you? Is you it boxing who they are? or is it it's boxing? You, you have, you well, know, it's boxing fan wrote it in. So, uh, um, I'm so sorry, guys. You know, uh, my boxing days are, are over. I don't understand the sport anymore. Jay Jackson says, David killed a guy to sleep with his wife. And then Jay Jackson says, David was cold. David was cold. David was cold. David was cold. Uh, <laughs> Ramillion Sports Report says, God bless Papa Cone. Detroit win the Super Bowl for the Niners. I will say that Detroit is the next team that's improving. They uh, went crazy in free agency this year. Can I say something? Sure. I love that comment. If Detroit wins a Super Bowl before Kyle, they have to fire Kyle. Have to! Have there should be a clause in his contract. Look, <laughs> we, you, we, you can have this job for life, but if Detroit ever wins a Super Bowl, you're fired immediately. Detroit. I have to say. <laughs> Dad, I love you. I'm going to give you a call. I love you. Take. I was going to say I love you, sweetie. <laughs> I love you, Grant. Uh, this was fun today. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much, everyone.